Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. fans are amazing they're resilient they're tough but they're fun and i'm i'm really excited to hopefully meet a lot a lot more of you isaac has the big game then we became a real balanced offense for the playoff run which i thought was really important he put on the greatest route running exhibition i have ever seen in my life he was he was football 24 7 and that was the greatest part of of chad times at times the early part i would tell him when we were throwing deep passes i said don't wait too long you know because i'm gonna get away if you ain't gonna have the arm to get there so you know i want to run to the ball you know well it looks like duke's in the waiting room i don't want to keep duke waiting he gave us a very limited amount of time i know he's a busy busy man duke what's going on big dog how you doing buddy jim how are you man thanks for having me on yeah i'm real busy i'm sitting on my porch yeah well hey I have a little drink going on there. You know, Joe Burrow has played in big games his entire life, and I would think he will be a steady hand at the at the, at the bow of the ship. And uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they take him all the way to the Super Bowl. I really wouldn't. Do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bengal Jim and Friends. Uh, obviously, our our folk hero, Bengal Jim, not here tonight. Coming back from a fun weekend in Canton that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Our friend Jamie, Tom, is, is, is nowhere to be found. we got a, a skeleton crew tonight. We'll get through. We'll get through. <laughs> Everything's fine. We can adapt. We, we got Caleb here. Caleb. We're going to be doing the, um, the, Caleb will be doing the producing for us, but uh, great to see everyone. This is our last Sunday show. As we all know, uh, Bengals season kicks off on Friday night, so we'll switch to our traditional Tuesday night time slot at uh, 8 p.m., so we'll give everybody another reminder of that. Um, so again, this will be our last um, Sunday night show as we go back to our regular season Tuesday night during the season, but a lot to uh, get into tonight as a lot of uh, fun guests uh, we're just uh, what a couple weeks away from the Hall of Fame induction info 
we all saw what happened uh, this past weekend in, in Cannes, and I think that all made us even more antsy for our deserving Bengals to get in up there. And uh, August 16th, that date uh, can't come soon enough, and that also coincides with our switch to um, to Tuesday night. So we're going to change things around a little bit. Uh, we are going to have the uh, charity duck race back after a couple week hiatus for a great charity. We have Tony and Michael will be on talking about. Um, another charity that we're very proud to um, to help out. But before we do that, we want to get uh, this special guest on. He has a busy morning and he took uh, some time out of his schedule to come on before he, he shuts it down and gets up early and does great work on the uh, radio. So Tom, do you want to introduce our first guest tonight? Absolutely. You know, like you said, uh, I think he's at iHeart Cincinnati 22 hours a day, seven days a week. But uh, for our purposes, He's the host of Cincy 360, one of the hosts, does a fantastic job, does a fantastic job covering the Bengals. Uh, he is Tony Pike's mentor. He is the <laughs> broadcaster Mo Egger wants to be when he grows mm. up. So we welcome Austin Elmore. Austin, thank you so much for uh, taking time out because in all seriousness, what you get up <laughs> normally about 3 a.m. every morning. to be at the Yeah, just room. about uh, about 3.30, 3.40 every morning. That's, that's the best introduction I've ever had. So uh, thank you guys so much for having me. It's accurate though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Especially the things you said about Tony and Mo. Those those things really ring true. The well, no problem. Uh, nice within the Bengal gym part sometimes. So we're happy to be the end for you. Yeah. So, so Austin, uh, all the excitement of last year, we have to put aside. It's a new year. Last year doesn't help us win one mm. single game. But uh, you've been covering and watching and, and talking to those in the know. Uh, how is your optimism level for our yeah, that's position? A, that's a good question. I, I feel like I have gone uh, up and down, and, and it kind of depends. Like it changes every couple of hours about how I'm feeling. On one hand, you know, you look at this roster top to bottom, and you think, okay, they can easily win 13 or 14 games. Like they have that type of capability to do so. Then you look at the schedule and you say, okay, it's the sixth toughest schedule in the National Football League. Are they going to actually be able to maybe reach their full potential? Um, you look back at last year, and I know a, a lot was made in the offseason, the beginning of this offseason, about how, you know, the Bengals were fluky and they got lucky and all that. And I, I don't know that that's necessarily true, but there were some elements of that over the course of the season. They weren't injured. The The rest of the division was. Um, the ball just seemingly always bounced their way. And for Bengals fans, they know for years and years, the ball never bounced the Bengals' way. Everything went their way last year. Um, but overall, looking at it and, and with, you know, having Joe Burrow with an improved offensive line, and, and I think Dave Lapham said something a couple weeks ago that really struck me is, you know, how much game planning Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan had to do last year completely around the deficiency in the offensive line. And so now without that, what does that open up for the playbook, the side of things we haven't necessarily seen from those two in terms of scheming, in terms of route concepts and those sorts of things, I think is a really exciting thing for the offense. And based on everything out of training camp, the defense is is looking really good in the secondary, which we had more questions about that than just about any other part of the, uh, of the team. Uh, that gives me a lot of hope for them to be a really good football team. James? From 
the standpoint of looking at the, the battles going in, obviously we know the, the left guard situation. Um, mm-hmm. Hearing some stories about uh, Cordell Volson looking uh, looking good. We know the the Jesse Bates situation. If you had to uh, put your finger on kind of one hot topic for uh, training camp thus far, Austin, what would that be? Uh, I would say it is the offensive line together being together. Um, we saw reports out of camp today that Lel Collins is making um making progress and was actually doing some some drills and stuff today on the on the side field um so i would say that number one and you're on the left guard position right and how important that is um all indications are that jackson carmen has been relatively solid i actually saw jackson out a couple of weeks ago right before the start of training camp and i thought to myself wow he looks really good like he's in really good shape he has uh, doubled up on that obviously coming into camp last year after the draft he wasn't in the best of shape so it looks like he's taken a step forward in that regard as well and then getting these guys reps together I think it's hurting right now that you don't have Joe Burrow in the huddle um, and kind of barking those things out and it's good that he's in meetings but the cohesiveness of the offensive line together with the new guys Karis Kappa and then when Collins is healthy in in extension with with uh, Carmen and obviously Jonah Williams. To me, that's the most important thing because this this team without the offensive line, it, it will really struggle. I think uh, you know it, it would basically have to go back to what they did last year, which is all that game planning I just talked about. I think it's so crucial to their success, especially running the football and controlling the clock in games. Austin, flipping to the other side, uh, one thing they seem to stretch on uh, Lou Anarumo was more pressure on the quarterback, more pressure on the quarterback, more pressure on the quarterback. Now, they didn't go out and, and spend great gobs of money on pass rushers, but they did draft a young guy in Jeffrey yeah. Gunter who seems to be impressing. And it's like we got another high draft pick, a bonus high draft pick with Joseph Asai. And listening to, to your partner, Tony, and so forth, it sounds like they're both really tearing it up at camp. Yeah, th- that's one thing about the defense. Like you could see just how much it changed everything last year when you brought in a bona fide pass rusher and Trey Hendrickson and his ability to get off the quarter or get off the ball and, and get to the quarterback and what that did for the rest of the defensive line. Like Sam Hubbard had a career year. And Sam Hubbard, I think, will be the first to tell you he needs to be a better pass rusher. Um, he's one of the best run stoppers in the National Football League, but he hasn't been a great pass rusher. Just having Trey Hendrickson on the other end, Sam Hubbard almost had uh, 10 sacks last year, which is huge for him. That's good. Um, And obviously, Joseph Osai and Jeff Gunter, what they bring is something we haven't really seen. And and even Trey Hendrickson is not great at this, is speed at that position. And that's something that is really difficult to to defend for offensive tackles when you have guys that are so fast and so explosive. That's Part of what made Carl Lawson great when he was here is, you know, that so much speed off the line of scrimmage powered with uh, or coupled with the power and the strength that he has. Um, so when you combine those things, I, I think it's really good. Plus, when when DJ Reader and BJ Hill, BJ Hill, I feel like we forget about him all the time. He just signed a, a big contract. He, he was just a solid player. He got off, got after the passer and. With DJ Reader doing what he does best and kind of just clogging it up and, and making those lanes for everybody else, like I, I think that is so critical to the defensive success. And it makes things a lot easier on the back end as well. We're going to make your head a little bit bigger if, if Tom didn't do that enough at the uh, intro. But the one thing I've been uh, pleasantly uh, pleased with and, and listening is the coverage you guys are doing now from training camp 
mm-hmm. um, as you, as we talked about with Tony and just seems like more live shows. Um, now with iHeartRadio, obviously we have a lot of people that watch this show that aren't Cincinnati based. Uh, go ahead and, and tell the Bengals fans out there what you guys are doing on a weekly basis, how they can tune in, especially those that aren't local to Cincinnati. Yeah, so we're really excited about kind of where we're at. Um, Cincy 360 is a show that I am on, as you can see behind me, with Tony Pike every day. It is from noon to 3 on ESPN 1530. Right after us is Mo Egger from 3 to 6 on ESPN 1530. So that's six hours of live local sports talk radio in the Cincinnati market, which just doesn't exist anywhere else but here. You can listen to us live. You can listen to our podcast, everything through the iHeartRadio app. Um, which is terrific, and, and uh, you have the ability to talk back, which is a feature that we use a lot in our show. There's a little microphone on there. You can send us quick 30-second messages, that sort of thing. But when it comes to the Bengals, like, you know, we, we were talking in the offseason, like we just really want to attack this season because excitement is at an all-time high. And so Tony goes down to training camp every day that uh, practice is, is open. He reports live uh, on our show. He reports live three times on Mo's show. Um, we do uh, the Tony and Mo football show on Mondays after games and obviously a couple of times this year before games. Um, and, and we've just been just to the wall Bengals coverage. We have uh, Charlie Goldsmith on our show weekly who does uh, an excellent job of covering the Bengals uh, for the Cincinnati Inquirer. We just have all sorts of coverage in and out. You get the Zach Taylor weekly press conferences on ESPN 1530, uh, so on and so forth. And then once the season starts, Dan and Lap have their um, their shows, the Bengals pep rally show, Bengals game plan, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, we are just uh, – we are filled with Bengals coverage, and uh, we do it every day for six hours a day, and we obviously sprinkle a little bit of uh, the other teams in there as well. But uh, we're going to be going really hard uh, as the uh, season continues. Yeah, kudos for you for doing that, just having that that live show, um, you know, something we haven't had in a while. So, as you said, taking advantage of the uh, – the hype around the Bengals right now is uh, great. We have a lot of fans listening. Um, if you have a question for Austin, feel free to uh, type them in the chat. Uh, Caleb will put those up. Tom, go ahead with another question. Yeah, Austin, you mentioned about how uh, the ball bounced the Bengals' ways. And, and for mm-hmm. so many years, you know, as a Bengals fan, we always were looking up at the sky waiting for that shoe to drop on us. But it, it seemed like last year, there was something unique about that team. And you, we would always hear the national media, if we would say, well, we had the bad bounces, national media would just say, well, you make your own luck. You know, look at, or, you know, they almost say our Steelers or our Ravens or the Cowboys, you know, the one of the six teams that the national media chooses to cover in the NFL. <laughs> but don't you think this group last year seemed to make their own luck? I mean, yeah, we got, we got a big interception, to put us in the AFC championship game, but that was Jesse Bates and Von Bell making an incredible play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the interception against Tennessee, but that was Logan Wilson stepping up with a great play. And it seemed like that all season long and, and tying into that, something I would say with the guys every week was even going into the Super Bowl, I never felt we watched this team play its best game, mm-hmm. that we never saw them play. A full 60 minutes, they had great games, but a full 60 minutes of kickbuck football on both sides of the line. Do you think a year of maturity is going to help that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, these guys, with everything that they went through 
I mean, I mean, you can ask them and, and they might lie to you and tell you that they expected to be there last year, but nobody expected them to to do what they did last year. And so for them to to have all that experience under their belt, I think is just so critical for them. And to have a guy like Joe Burrow, who is so unbothered by all of that stuff, when when things go wrong, Burrow doesn't care. Like he's just going to steady the ship, and and he has a there's a lot of faith in him to do that. And not to take a shot at Andy Dalton, but or Carson Palmer for that matter. But you know, in years past, I don't know that that guys could look around the huddle and feel completely confident that one of those two quarterbacks is going to go win them the game. And, you know, you talk about the Super Bowl, the Bengals got the ball back with a minute and 23 seconds to go. And I thought to myself, they're going to go win the Super Bowl. Like, that's what I thought was going to happen because Joe Burrow was the quarterback. And, you know, you, you see that still shot and you know that they were really about to do it. And they very well could have done it if not for that final play. Um, so, yeah, I, I think what is most interesting to me about them is that is, is handling an offseason in which – as of late, they've gotten a lot of hype. Now, a lot of people are still picking the Bills, and a lot of people are still picking the Ravens, and that's all fine and good. But a lot of people have been telling them how good they are, how good the Bengals are, and rating their position group wide receivers as, as some of the top in the National Football League. And you got all these people coming to practice, and you got NFL Network at practice, and all these things. And you're like, okay, you know, you're getting a lot of attention. How do they respond to that? Do they allow that to be a distraction or not? I, I think they have a lot of veteran leaders who wouldn't allow that to happen. Um, but that, I think, is interesting. And when you couple that with the schedule, that second half of the schedule is as tough as any in the National Football League. They have to get off to a quick start. I really, really firmly believe that. So, you know, I, I've said this on our show, and, and I know this is not popular, but the Pittsburgh Steelers last year, week one, went to Buffalo and beat the Buffalo Bills. They had no business winning that game, but they did it. So the Bengals cannot overlook the Pittsburgh Steelers and start looking ahead or, or you know, reading the press clippings. They're going to have a dogfight week one at Paul Brown Stadium. Absolutely. It's never easy. Uh, no. One of the um, hot topics this, this offseason was the loss of C.J. Uzama. We, we know what he meant from um, – a leadership standpoint, a character standpoint in the Bengals locker room. Uh, with that said, we brought in Hayden Hurst, two clippings that I've heard have has looked pretty good uh, this preseason, despite not having Joe Burrow throwing the ball. Our uh, question uh, there from listener Greg, if you were a betting man, what percentage would you put uh, Hayden Hurst as a top 10 NFL tight end this year? That's a really good question. I, I, I'm going to admittedly say I was wrong on this so far. I, I remember doing a segment at one point in the offseason saying, why are we getting so excited about Hayden Hurst? Because it's a guy who jumped around and, and not really done anything. And then so far in camp, he's been spectacular. And he's kind of opened up a different part, I think, from an athletic standpoint, uh, from a speed standpoint, from, from C.J. Uzama, and, and obviously with the offensive line changes and all that I, I think it's interesting. It's tough to say a top ten tight end because there's a lot of really talented tight ends in the National Football League, and I don't know how much, um, you know, with those guys Boyd Higgins, and Chase, and, and Mixon that Burrow is going to look Hayden Hurst's way. But if he's winning one on ones in the middle of the field, he's going to have those opportunities like left and right because of the respect that is warranted on the outside by those other guys. Um, so if that's what we see, I mean, I think there's a better chance than not that he ends up being one of those guys from a statistical standpoint this year. 
I've got another viewer question in here. Um, I'm going to bring it up on the screen here. Who do you think will have the most explosive breakout season? Oh, that's tough. Um, I, I, my, the, the first name that came into my head was T. Higgins, just because I, I think what he can do on the outside with his size and with his speed and with Jamar kind of taking things over the top, like T. Higgins can really, and we've talked about this, a lot of people have, have talked about this. He's the number one receiver for a lot of teams in the NFL. Um, so I, I think he certainly could be one of those guys. Um, maybe a less popular pick would be Joe Mixon. I mean, what Joe Mixon did last year with that offensive line, and, you know, I, I read a stat, I forget what it was, but it's something like his first contact was – 0.3 yards behind the line of scrimmage for that was his average for the season or something like that. So like imagine with this dude actually running downhill, this dude actually getting past the line of scrimmage, what he's able to do. He's, he's an athletic freak. If you've ever seen Joe Mixon, like up close, it's just insane. Um, and what that does for the rest of the offense, I, I would say Joe Mixon very well could have a year that makes a lot of people raise their eyebrows, not only running the ball, but receiving as well. I like both of those answers. And I was talking to James earlier about a week and a half ago about how much I liked uh, Mixon to lead the AFC in rushing this year. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're going to try to take a little bit of the pressure off of, uh, you know, off of Burrow. And I, I think with the, the added line, I think the, yeah. the, I think it was like 14 to one or something along those lines. I thought that that was a, thought that that was a pretty solid play there. Yeah. I, I think you'd be correct on that. I mean, he just did it a couple of years ago. Yep. And you know the other thing about about Mixon, you mentioned the 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 offensive line being better. I, I don't think Joe Mixon is a great pass blocker. I don't know that Joe Mixon wants to be a great pass blocker. Um, but when you have you know a better offensive line, he doesn't have to be that. He can you know be used in different situations and out wide. You know we saw Chris Evans catch a touchdown against Detroit last season. We saw a, a play for Chris Evans that Joe Burrow just missed him in the Super Bowl. So the Bengals have that in their arsenal to be able to use those running backs at different positions. Um so yeah, I, I think you're I think you're exactly right, man. Joe Mixon uh in terms of the AFC, Derrick Henry's got a lot of miles on him. Uh I think Najee Harris is interesting. Um but yeah, Joe Mixon's among the best. All right, Austin Thank you so much because we know what ridiculous hours uh, you have to get up at and the ridiculous hours you work. So thank you so much, you know, not just for spending time with us, but the coverage, the objective coverage that uh, you've given the Bengals since you've joined the airwaves there at iHeart Cincinnati. But uh, it's really appreciated, and we hope we can bother you to come on again with us. Well, I look forward to it. I really appreciate uh, you guys having me on. Thank you so much. Austin, take care. Uday. Uday. Thank you, Austin. Appreciate it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else. 
and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So again, uh, crazy schedule there in uh, in the media game. And again, if you haven't tuned in and, and watched um, what they're doing on on fifteen thirty, do so um, from twelve to six. There, we all know um, how great Mo has been on the show several times, and uh, just a, a a great asset to Cincinnati radio. But to, to add that extra uh, coverage now from from noon to three, and to have that live show is is, is something special and. Uh, Hopefully they'll continue it uh, not only this year but for a, a long time to uh, to come. So our next guest has uh, been waiting in the uh, waiting room here for what a, a while now, and we want to uh, congratulate him on, on on something first before we bring him on. Um, we all know how instrumental Tony's been to um, to what we do here. It's not just the the people that you see on the screen um, who do a lot of the legwork, um, not only on the show, but as part of the the tailgate, there's there's so much stuff that's done behind the scenes that uh, people don't get the, um, the the credit for. And then this past weekend, um, the Pro Football Ultimate Fan Association does a first class job um, with their ceremony of inducting new people into their Hall of Fame. Um, it was a couple of years back. Our, Truly, uh, Bengal Jim uh, got into that uh, select group. Other guests of the show, um, Hude Baby, Sean down there in Tampa, um, Chris. I know I'm leaving guys and, and gals out, but it's a uh, it's a pretty uh, select group of of individuals who um, who are super fans, but do so much behind the scenes um, that they don't necessarily get credit for, nor do they want um, credit for. And we want to congratulate uh, Tony on um, being awarded into that select group. I believe we have that video, uh, Caleb, from Canton. If you can uh, pop that on real quick, and then we'll let uh, Tony recap the weekend in Canton. Check it out. Cincinnati Bengals, Tony DeTaglio. So you see Tony there with other super fans from across the the NFL. Tony, again, congratulations from all of us here at uh, Bengal Gyms, and, and tell us about that weekend in Canton. Well, first, thank you. Uh, it was a great weekend, um, a lot of work. Um, it's not only um, the induction of uh, uh, that coincides with the Hall of Fame, but um, you know the PFUFA is a great organization that does a lot of good charity work, and as we all know, 
Um, I'm deep into the charity work as well as all of us. Um, but what we did there was um, they have a community center. It's called the J. Babe Stern Community Center there in Canton. And every year during this uh, weekend of the uh, enshrine ceremony for the Hall of Fame, um, basically the super fans come together and uh, uh, it's all about the kids. Uh, we provide meals um, for the kids. The families come out <clears throat> and then um, they also get to go into the, the gymnasium there at the community center um, and they have a good time. We give away prizes, bikes. Um, and then we ended up uh, packing over 300 backpacks full of school supplies for them because um, that area is uh, uh, financially uh, uh, unstable and anything that we can help with them, uh, we do. And uh, it was just a great weekend altogether. So we, you mentioned that the six times you put on face paint on over the uh, the weekend. Obviously, we know you're going to do it on Friday. So we're going to give you the uh, the excuse, the, the hall pass, to not have to uh, put that on tonight. But tell us, um, you know, we talk about on the show, Caleb goes to a lot of away games. You know, I've had the pleasure to do so. It's how you act, how you interact with the opposing fans. And here this past weekend, you got to spend the, the whole weekend with, with fans from 31 other NFL teams and just truly get to know them. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, so that, that's one of the good uh, things about the PFUFA is um, all teams are represented in this organization. Um, it's a draft process. If you guys have followed me earlier this year, um, uh, Bengal Jim and friends along with the Bengal um, Bomb Squad came to the, uh, our tailgate and presented me with a draft card at the last game of the season. So it is an honor. It's a, it's specifically um, uh, meant to be a, a selective process. So I was very proud to be a part of that. Uh, but going back to your question with the teams, um, one thing that, you know, um, I appreciated uh, Brandon and um, uh, Caleb coming down um, to share this moment with me. Uh, they got to see the tailgate and every team there was represented, had their special food, um, their drink, um, more than uh, some of us wanted to have, but uh, everyone had a nice shot for us to have. Um, but um, it's a camaraderie of uh, everybody. There's no, uh, it's black and gray. There's no colors there um, for that weekend. Um, even though we are opposing teams that weekend, we all come together to do one thing and that's um, to provide the charity that we do. So it, it's really a good uh, special organization. I was very proud to be part of it. Before we seg into, segue into the charity, Tom or um, Caleb, do you want to add anything to uh, Tony's accomplishment? Yeah, I, I just want to say I was happy to be a part of it. Honestly, thank you for inviting me, Tony. And thanks to our uh, fearless leader, Bengal Jim, for uh, taking care of the tickets for Brandon and I. We appreciate that delicious breakfast this morning. But honestly, I was I was pretty blown away by it. I mean, I've met a lot of these people Um going to away games because anytime i would go if if jim wasn't there he would text me oh hey go to this person's tailgate i was like why this person oh they're p pfufa and i was like oh, okay whatever and never really put two and two together but after hearing 14 different stories of all the new inductees it's it's a pretty cool organization it, it really feels like there's just a bunch of group of men and women that they're very selfless and just love football. They all all fan differently. You saw people dressed in plain t-shirts. You seen people dressed like Tony. It went it went both ways, and it was it was just a really cool experience. Just a lot of people that love football and were very generous, outgoing, kind individuals. Well, it isn't just this weekend, and I'm glad Tony was recognized and, and justifiably so, but. Uh, Tony does this year round and not just at Bengals games. He's become part of the, the sports culture 
the sports football culture here in Cincinnati, but does so much for so many local charities. Kids love to see him before games. And, uh, you know, he's taken this enthusiasm and just used it in such a good way to help so many. So uh, I'm glad to know him, glad to call him friend. And uh, I'm very happy for him this past weekend. Appreciate you, Tom. Thank you. No problem, Tom. So, so speaking of charities, let's go ahead and bring uh, Michael on if he's, he's with us. Um, we do have a, another charity duck race. Tony, do you want to uh, touch base on what we have going on for, for this week's charity? Yeah, so um, if you guys remember the, a couple weeks ago when we did the, the charity, it was just by coincidence, me being out and about and just talking and talking football and talking uh, charities. And uh, this story came about uh, a couple years ago. Uh, Michael, uh, we were actually, um, it was a uh, St. Uh, Patrick's uh, pub call, and uh, we ended up uh, running into Michael, and uh, I was all tonied up in the leprechaun uh, outfit that I utilize uh, for that time of year. And uh, we just started talking, and uh, he uh, he keyed me in onto uh, the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention, um, which, as you guys know, I've, I've been pretty uh, uh, engaged with, um, with selling some patches and stickers to, to add to that charity. Um, Michael reached out to me and talked about the, what he provides with the, um, the walk out of darkness for the community walks. And uh, he's the chairperson for the one here in Cincinnati. Um, unfortunately, COVID happened. Uh, so we did a virtual um, walk. Um, but at the same point, it's a very good ch uh, charity. Um, and mental health is very important um, to me as well as other viewers. And it's one of those things that people just don't talk about much. So um, I like the fact that uh, we're able to do something like this and uh, get that word out. So, uh, Michael, please, uh, ex you know, go on and uh, go forth on uh, what that charity is all about. So the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is all in the name. You know, we are ad advocating, educating, um, helping, supporting those who are affected and um, by suicide in any shape or form. Um, we do an out of the darkness walk every October. Um, they do them nationally from September through all of September, all of October um, in different communities. Um, Ohio does them all mostly all of October. But we just get together for a day of, you know, memories, a day of um, forgiveness, a day of just talking about it. We have resources available for people. We have um, kid, we have a kid zone that where we you know provide kids a place to go and have an outlet. Um, we do luminaries, we do staging, we do bead ceremonies. Um, the bead ceremonies are, are about those who have lost somebody, and the bead represents who they've lost, so the color of the bead uh, represents that. Um, and we just have speakers, we have some music, and then we do um, a two-mile walk, basically, around you know Sawyer Point, um, and then we come back, and then we end the day. It's usually about two, two and a half hours long. Um, it's just a day for people to get together, find commonality with each other, um, talk about what they're going through, find resources. Sometimes it's a day for people to grieve. Sometimes it's a day of joy. It's a lot of celebration. A lot of people are talking about family members. Um, it's a time for a lot of family members to get together. Um, and so we do that um, every October, um, usually the second Sunday in October. Um, and so I'm the chairperson for the last three years. Um, I've been the chairperson. And like we said, we did COVID, knocked us down one year. So we did a virtual. And then last year we were back together. We have about 25 to 3,000 people show up. Um, you know, we provide some pizza, some hot dogs, Skyline's there. Uh, we do La Rosa's, and then um, we have volunteers that come out and help us out. So, For those that want to learn more about the, the charity, Michael, I know we've shared it um, on our social media platforms, but do you have a website or uh, 
particular social media handle where people can learn more about uh, what you have going on? So we can, they can go to AFSP Ohio. They can go to AFSP Cincinnati. Um, they can just do Cincinnati out of the darkness walk. Um, and it'll bring them all to the webpage um, that talks about all of that. Um, it'll show them where they can volunteer and it'll show them where they can get resources. Um, if they want to get merchandise, you know, if they've been affected by it some way, um, if they want to buy t-shirts or socks or leggings or anything like that, they can also buy that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, the, it's just AFSP anywhere, Ohio, um, and it'll, it'll direct them right to the website. And there's we also appreciate a bunch of Facebook pages too, so. I think we may have lost James for, for just a moment, but uh, appreciate Jimmy uh, who was monitoring us uh, from out of the city, posting that up there. Uh, Michael, with everything you've done, do you constantly, the people that, that you guys help, are you in touch with them? You know, constantly is this, is this just, you know, something that uh, they always have somebody to talk to you and, and reach out to? Um, yeah, so most of them have some kind of um, support group within themselves um, that they've formed, you know, that they've formed with family members or friends or stuff like that. Uh, we try to keep constant contact with our teams. So, like, I, I, get a, I get a team list of emails, whatever, and so I'll message them just throughout the year to say, hey, you know, what's going on? I hope you guys are doing well. If you need stuff, you know, we have a storage unit full of resources. Sometimes people are like, um, I don't know where to, who to talk to now. I got this going on, or I have a friend who's dealing with it now. Where can I get them some stuff? Um, and so we're, we're always available in that aspect. Um, we also have uh, a Survivor's Day in November. So where we, it's a National Survivor's Day that we have that people come together who, you know, want to share their stories and all that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's a little bit more intimate group of people um, that do that. So, but yeah, throughout the year, we try to keep in contact with them of some sort in some way. Thank you, Michael. Can you guys uh, hear me okay? I apologize. Yes. For the yeah. Internet. You're good. Okay. Well, thank you, uh, Michael. And again, thank you, Tony, for, for all the work you, you do behind the scenes here and, and bringing this charity to, um, to Bengals fans um, and, and letting them know that, um, that this exists. Certainly, um, suicide is a, a terrible, terrible um, situation that we, we hope nobody ever has to uh, deal with from a family member or friend, but, but unfortunately with, with COVID and Michael can probably attest to this. Um, those numbers, I, I think rose during uh, the last two to three years. So this will give uh, people a, a place to, to reach out. Um, you know, there's, there's always outlets um, for those that, um, that are going through troubles. And, um, you know, again, we appreciate Michael for, for what he does and Tony for bringing it uh, to our attention. So with that said, um, we had a lot of people that purchased ducks. We're going to go ahead and get to our famous duck race. Again, 100% of the proceeds go to um, the suicide prevention. And uh, let's go ahead and get this started. And as always, Tom, you get to do the play-by-play. -play. Thank you, James. Let me get let's this up on the screen here. Hold on one second. Let me see. How's that? Can there we are. see the ducks? All right, let's uh, give it a go here. One, two, three, and maybe we off. Let's see. Gates are stuck. <laughs> there we are. And they're off. Underneath the 275 bridge at Kellogg, they race down. 
Looks like the pirate duck is uh, doing pretty well early. Plain duck is, is taking a little bit of a lead, but you never want to be in the lead early. Like that, they keep racing down through the east end, coming down past Eli's, past the park. And Checkered Duck is, is actually pulling away a little bit. Craig Johnson's duck looking very good and very strong. Doesn't look like anybody has an answer for him as they race by Montgomery. And, oh, he's fading, though. He may have pulled something. And our good friend Lisa Moran and the red come through. You know what? Uh, along those lines, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's Lisa's 60th birthday today. So how fitting is that, that happy she birthday, wins our uh, – Yes, happy birthday, uh Lisa, normally our buddy Brandon does uh, our Bengals birthdays on this day. We didn't get that information, but uh, congratulations uh, to Lisa, who wins the charity duck race on her birthday. And, and Michael, thank you for uh, joining us. Hopefully you'll have the opportunity to stop down to the tailgate at some point this year and meet some of these wonderful Bengals fans who contributed tonight. And uh, again, Tony, thank you for what uh, you have done, what you and Terry continue to do. And uh, from all of us here at Bengal Gyms, congratulations on uh, being inducted into the Ultimate Fan um, Hall of Fame. I appreciate that. Thank you. And, um, and Michael, to see you know, we, uh, we you. Uh, gathered over um, $800 so far um, for our team for the, the walkout darkness. And um, also, if you guys know, I'm selling the patches and stickers. So uh, there's another additional $300 that will be going to that team as well. Um, and this team page will be open um, throughout the, the next uh, month or two. Uh, so by all means, if you guys still want to contribute to that, you can. It'll be open for them. So appreciate everybody and uh, who day. Who day, guys. Thank you. Michael, thank you. Who day. That's uh that that's a first, I think. Somebody winning on their uh on their birthday with a decorator. Never heard of it. Once again, uh congratulations to uh to Lisa. Our next guest has been uh patiently waiting. Uh Tom, I'll let you go ahead and do the introduction. As she uh she grew up in Cincinnati. She was rescued and brought back from, from way out west, teamed with the legendary George Vogel for several years on Channel 5, left briefly, and now she, she's working with another legend in James Rapine. Uh, yes. She has a knack for breaking Bengals stories and doing a great job covering the team, so we really appreciate uh, Elise Jesse's family for letting us borrow her for a few minutes on this Sunday night. Elise, welcome. Hi guys, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I have my in-laws in town uh, this weekend, so they're they're being very gracious. <laughs> We're doing you a favor then. <laughs> no, my in-laws are amazing, so I'm 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 lucky. Who <laughs> knows that this is a recorded session? <laughs> thank God the Reds are out of town. Elizabeth, or at least would be joining us from the right field bleachers again. Like Actually, that was time, pretty right? cool when she did that. <laughs> We've had people join. Yeah, that was a bit chaotic. Sorry about that one, guys. <laughs> Actually, it was I was trying much. to watch the game, but half listened to you guys as well. But <laughs> that's all right. Uh, Elise, after a fantastic year last year, mm -hmm. uh, an unbelievable, maybe, you know, as exciting a football year as the city has, has had, you know, here they are, but now they've got targets on their back. Yeah. From talking, being down there, and I, I know you get to talk with, with so many of the guys and the characters. Uh, the character of this team has. Do you think that's gotten to them? I mean, they, I mean, it. They hadn't even walked off the field, and the national media was already saying, "Well, 
you know, the Super Bowl hangover of a team that, you know, makes it to the Super Bowl is is incredible and going to drag them down next year. You get any sense of that down there or is it nothing but intensity? No, they seem intense and confident in every single thing that they're doing. I don't, I personally don't think that any of those players pay attention to what the national media has to say or the local media for that matter. Um, I think they're just locked in, ready to go, and they all want to experience that big game again. And they know that they have the talent. Um, they have Joe Burrow running everything. So who wouldn't be confident with a guy like Joe Burrow at quarterback? Um, so yeah, there's no sense of, um, worry or doubt within that locker room right now. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tom, continue. Before we go to the to the other thing about the city up north, let's continue on a positive okay. route with our bank. Okay. Well, and, and with that, uh, you know, you grew up here. Yeah. You know, the, the, the culture of deserved and sometimes not deserved and oftentimes deserved the Bengals have had. Do you get a sense, not just in the quality of play, but the quality of people on that roster now, the people in that locker room and on the sidelines? Is this a really different group? I mean, they, they, I've never sensed from young people and everybody else a team so easy to root for, a team so easy to yeah. like. You wanted these guys to do well for them. I mean, from Burrow right. to McPherson to Chase to Reader, uh, Logan Wilson and Duvay, mm-hmm. all of them. I mean, all of these, even the guys on rosters past, in my opinion, were great. Um, But these guys just have a different type of swagger about them than um, anything that I have experienced or been around in, what, eight, nine seasons covering the team. Um, So all of the new guys are great. Elsie, Lael Collins is fantastic. Um, Such a great human being. I had a great conversation with him um, a few weeks ago, and all he could talk about were his, his kids. Um, very focused on that and very focused on getting back out, out on the field. Um, these guys are just different. And I think a lot of, you know, everyone talks about Joe Burrow having swagger um, and having this it factor about him. And I think his attitude really rubs off on everybody else in that locker room. One thing that, um, one thing that I thought spoke volumes was Willie Anderson's visit to camp mm-hmm. this past week what he had to say about joe burrow um the line things like that did you get a chance to uh talk to willie anderson as everybody knows a, a great guest of the show and a, and a friend of the show but um again i thought the words being the nfl veteran uh that he is we all know we're, we're cheering for him to get into the hall of fame um but can you touch on uh willie his visit to camp and kind of um the aftershock of, of what was said and, and what he had to say about the players I saw what he said about the players. I was not there that day. Um, I actually had a lovely run-in with Poison Ivy that just wreaked havoc on the whole left side of my face. So I was not at camp um, all last week. 
But um, yeah, I mean, Willie Anderson, I'm a huge fan of his and um, it's, it's easy to be a fan of his. It's easy to root for him. And when you have a player who's a guy who's played the game and um, knows what it takes to be successful in this league, um, knows the type of attitudes that win in this league, I think his opinion matters more than you know, a talking head on TV because he's been there, he's experienced it, he's experienced success, and he knows exactly what to look for um, as far as team chemistry goes, um, as far as, you know, how a team is gelling, um, if they're going to be successful or not, if they have the right types of dudes on that roster, the right talent. Um, so what he has to say holds a lot of weight, in my opinion. Caleb or Tom, do you want to, before we talk about the city up north, anything else you want to talk about, about the, the current team or, or training camp fight last week and our, Elise was running with Poison Ivy? <laughs> that stuff is nasty, guys. You do not. <laughs> don't get near I'm allergic it. to it. <laughs> I haven't had it since I was maybe six years old, but it's intense. You're not the first person I've heard this summer with uh, those battling an intense case of it. So I, uh, I feel for you there. Uh, my question is going to be about the fans. Um, yeah. I know that the uh, the back together brought out almost 30,000 fans. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, there's obviously a lot of excitement coming off the Super Bowl run there. I've, I've heard a lot of the players talk about uh, they feel the excitement. They feel the they feel the, the energy from the, the fans. Um, specifically, yeah. what uh, what players have, have mentioned that to you as well? And, um like, what do you think that's going to do for the, the home field advantage that we should hopefully carry a little stronger than what we've had in previous years? Yeah, I mean, Bengals fans, in my opinion, are a different breed. Um, they're just they're so loyal through and through. And every single season, even during the down years, the dog years before the season started, you know, they were optimistic and excited about the team and excited about the season um, and expected the Bengals to win. There's always been this expectation in Cincinnati for this for the team to win. Um, they're doubted nationally and have been for many decades, as you guys know. Um, but that doubt has never creeped in for Bengals fans. And I think that the players really feel that. I think the players appreciate that. And past players have spoken about how intense this fan base is as well. Um, they are so passionate about this team. And um, I know that, you know, most fans will say that they are passionate about their certain team, whether it's the Browns, Kansas City, the Steelers. But I, I think since Daddy's on a completely different level, but I was also born, born and raised here. Elise, you had um, mentioned a little bit about Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm of the opinion that if he stays healthy, the franchise is secure in here. Yeah. Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, Oscar Robertson, Ken Anderson, Anthony Munoz, all of them. Joe Burrow's going to end his career as maybe the greatest single sports figure in Cincinnati history and going yeah. to do things that nobody thought was possible here. Do you see that in him? Do you, I mean, you've met him. Yeah. personally and talk to him and interviewed him. Do you get that vibe from him? I mean, he's cocky, but not arrogant. Here's um, the thing. It's like people talk about him being cocky, but when I introduced myself to him and had a conversation, I sensed zero cockiness from him. Um, 
And so, yeah, he is, he's got that swagger. I would call it swagger over cockiness um, on the field. I think it's a high level of confidence. He's not afraid to get hurt. He's not, uh, he doesn't play timid at all, as we've all seen. Um, and he's not worried about things that he can't control, which I think helps his game a lot. Um, but yeah, the, the cocky thing, it, it doesn't really compute with me unless it's somebody, I would expect somebody who has not met him to say that he's cocky. Because if you have had a conversation with him and been in his presence, he does not give off the cocky vibe at all. But yeah, when with your point, I think he will go down as one of the greatest sports figures of all time. I think he can totally take this team to a Super Bowl. And I don't think that he will stop until he wins the Super Bowl, which is music to Mike Brown's ears because every single year it's been Super Bowl or bust. Um, and now that they've made it to the Super Bowl, there's just added pressure surrounding this team. Um, so, yeah, the pressure's on, it's cranked up, and it's Super Bowl or bust. Pressure makes Look diamonds. <laughs> yes, it does. Looking around the AFC North this uh, offseason, Baltimore's, I guess, mm. million-dollar question is, Lamar Jackson going to get the uh, a long-term extension? Looking right. at the city near West Virginia, we don't say their actual names here, at least. Um, you know, who's <laughs> going to be who's going to be the quarterback? Is it going to be Mitch Trubisky? Is it going to be Kenny Pickett? And uh, our friends um, up north here in Ohio, unfortunately, their offseason um, – has been fortunately, unfortunately, whatever. Um, what's been going on with all the money they've they've given to Deshaun Watson? We all know the baggage that um, he came from from Houston with um, the one year sitting mm -hmm. out of of the NFL. And from a female perspective, again, we appreciate you joining us. What is your thoughts on the initial ruling of the the six games that um, he was given? Now we know um, the commissioner has circled back and mm -hmm. uh, is appealing that decision. Can you touch um, base on on your thoughts on on that situation? Um, what you think is going to happen in going forward? And maybe speak from a female uh, sports uh, reporter uh, perspective and also a fan perspective on that whole um, situation. Well, I read um, Sue L. Robinson's report, and I, it's it's scary when you read the reports. I know the NFL based their um, their entire case around just four of the cases. Um, Twenty five women filed a lawsuit. He was in contact with what sixty six over sixty um, massage therapists. Um, what stands out to me about that is, you know, I've, I've spoken with players in the past and veterans and when they talk about taking care of their bodies, mainly on Tuesdays, it, because that's their off day. So they have that time to, you know, hit the cold tub, get massages, um, things like that, take care of themselves. They are always looking for the best in the business. Um, while it's not uncommon for players to go outside of the team provided massage therapist. A lot of these guys are looking for someone who is experienced, um, has their license. That's a start. 
um, and they want someone who is well-versed on working with NFL players because they have different kind of ailments than the average Joe. Um, so I think that it was a huge red flag that he was going on Instagram and not he didn't seem to care whether or not the massage therapist had experience, um, let alone with NFL players, um, and whether or not they had their license or not, which is pretty creepy. Um, I also found it crazy in this report um, that he was called a predator multiple times. And the NFL wanted a minimum of a year. And I think uh, Sue L. Robinson was kind of looking at, you know, what has gone on in the past. And obviously, this type of case, we haven't seen it before. It's un an unprecedented situation. And so she gives six games. And that obviously allowed the NFL to come in and um, fix that whole situation and <laughs> essentially tell all NFL players that, no, if, if you're going to be a predator and be a danger to another human in society, which is what she wrote about in her report, six games is not going to cut it. You're going to pay a lot more than that. And I know the NFL also wanted to have some stipulations for Deshaun Watson on um, him returning to the league. Um, I'm interested to see how this next ruling is going to come out. Um, but I think the NFL did the right thing. Obviously, they were facing a potential lawsuit from the NFLPA. They agreed on this process in 2020 because the NFLPA didn't want Roger Goodell to be deciding on things like this. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is still up in the air. And, you know, if the NFLPA decides to file a restraining order, Deshaun Watson could start week one, which is crazy to me. So we could have a, um, a quote predator going up against a predator on August, October 31st. We see the, the suspension, you know, a lot of people are, are questioning. Certainly it's not enough. You, you dove into the weeds a little bit deeper there on some of the, the stuff that I bet you a lot of the, the fans out there haven't read in, in the report. Um, we look at the suspension that, that Calvin Ridley got for, for gambling for, for one year and people are like, he gambled. Yeah. That's nowhere near as bad as the, the malice that Deshaun has done for 26 victims, potentially more. Um, from the media perspective, what is, are, are you surprised that it was only six games and, and, Prior to that um, decision, what did you think was going to happen? I thought that he would get a year suspension. I was very surprised by six games. I think everyone can agree that that six games is not enough. Um, but yeah, I thought that it would be a lot longer. And I thought that she would put in place that a, a stipulation for him in, in order to climb back and get into the league again, he would have to meet certain criteria for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously that didn't happen. And uh, Roger Goodell made sure that the NFL was going to react appropriately. And I think they had a few days to gauge what the fan reaction was going to be. And I think that what they did was right, even though it's risky to have, you know, dealing with the NFL PA and potentially going to court over it. Um, and Deshaun Watson potentially starting week one, I still think that they did the right thing in filing the appeal. 100%. Yep. Elise, you, you mentioned the league. 
I mean, do you think whether the win, lose anything else, how much pressure is on the NFL to do the right thing? I, I do get a sense they do want the right thing to happen. But certainly after six games, I don't know if they hit the panic button. They looked around and said, what what else can we do? I mean, we'll, we'll go to any option, the nuclear option. Uh, no matter what happens, is this going to be a reflection on the league itself? Um. I don't think it's a ref I, I think the league has done everything that it can so far. Um, you know, they made the recommendation before the ruling even came out to give him at least a year suspension. Um, and then when they see only six games, which is less than I think what Vontez Perfect got for targeting, which was, I believe he got 12 games for that. Um, and making it, I mean, they're opening it, it back up. I mean, they could have accepted the six games. They could have been done with the process. Everyone could have been done with the process. Deshaun Watson could have accepted the six games and they could have moved on with the rest of the season. Um, the Browns no longer have to answer questions about this because it's done, it's over, it's six games, move on. Um, but the league said no. We're gonna we're gonna continue to make sure that this plays out until he gets a you know a suspension a ruling that is appropriate for his behavior, which is something that I have never heard of until this scenario, and I'm sure the league has never heard of either. I agree. So, well, Elise, thank you so much. Thank your in laws and your family. <laughs> I will for squeezing this in. Hopefully. Uh, it's going to be hot again this week, but hopefully the poison ivy has died down enough that you can you can get back down to camp and, and be at the game Friday night. But we greatly appreciate it, and we hope we can bother you again uh, during the season to come back on with us. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so thank much. We appreciate it. Who signed in and said, uh, who day from Lake Norris? So you got to thank you even from Bengal Jim. There you go. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> We appreciate that. And, you know, again, that the, the Sean Watson situation is, is a hot topic, not only because the, the Bengals are in the, the AFC North, but um, across the NFL. Um, I think she she put it right. You know, you look at Bonta's perfect suspension. I mentioned Kelvin Ridley's. People have got more time off for less of a crime, certainly against women. You think about the things that the NFL um, does for, for women. Um, how much they've they've reached out to to get women more involved in, in the NFL. And I think that six game sentence, I think Roger Goodell, to, to his credit, we know there's a lot of people that uh, either love or hate him and there's there's no in between. So I think he's doing the, the right thing here and um, pushing for more. I think deep down inside the city up north knew that they were probably looking at here. Look how they structured the contract. Um, look who they brought in to to play quarterback. Um, I think they knew Baker was done. They were going to get him out of uh, get him out of the way, but I think they knew what was uh, going on as well. So, again, thank you to um, for her for for speaking the truth from, from speaking from a women's perspective on um, you know what she was saying, not only behind the scenes from a reporter standpoint, but but speaking as a as a female fan of the game and um, and talking about that. So, uh, and Tom, thank you for lining up all of our, our guests tonight. Uh, we appreciate, um, that. I see somebody waiting in the wait in the waiting room. He was been off camera. He's got his, uh, tank top on for you. Ready for tank top for, 
take oh, there he is. Look at return that. August 16th. And uh, what is up with that look? I'm just I'm just hanging out here at Lake Norris. <laughs> yeah, good way to rub it in there, Bengal Jim. Uh, I love how Bengal Jim's logged into the Cincy Jungle page and he's commenting that Cincy Jungle. Yeah. Not even an account. You know what, though? Kudos for, for getting that done. We know it's been a yes. struggle the last couple of weeks to, uh, to get challenge. our friends from Cincy Jungle on and be able to to post to that page. So thank you to Anthony and, and his help and all the guys there that have um, put that together. And of course, our, our friends from um, Jungle Nation. Uh, we're excited about that. And now I think we're officially ready to go. Sun's out guns. And boy, you got your Jamie. I don't know what it is about Jamie, but Jamie just has like the biggest fan club out of. Uh, well, I'm people. Canadian, man. Canadians are friendly. <laughs> we're we're peacekeepers. <laughs> Sorry, I sorry I couldn't come on earlier, guys. I had a, a work thing here at the hall, so I just uh, the day the day job will get in the way of, of everything else. So yeah, so no problem. I want to at least pop on and say hi. Did we um did we do the thing for Tony yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted to come yeah. on and, and say congratulations to Tony. He's he's watching. He also piped in uh, that he had poison ivy this week and and tough through it. So. Wow. Feel free. We'll let you go uh, first in the conclusion and do the wrap up. What you want here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, great show. Happy to be part of it. Was uh, really good from start to finish. No idea. I just caught the end of it, but uh, <laughs> I want. Yeah, I want to come on and say say uh, congratulations to Tony and uh, and you can't you can't skip leg day if you don't go to the gym. <laughs> hey, what, one question, Jamie. Are you able to watch the preseason game Friday night? Do you have a way to watch that? Yeah, yeah, because I got uh, – I have the zone, the zone up here. I don't know if you guys get the zone down there, but it's the – they got the rights for all the football. So I get to watch the uh, – not, I'm not a big preseason guy, but I'm going to tune in. And then uh, I'm down for the home opener. So I'm down for September 11th for sure. And I'm down for week four against uh, the Dolphins for sure. Everything else is kind of up in there right now, but Yeah. All right, Caleb. Well, we're excited to have you as always. Uh, you got your own little personal fan club, and I personally adore it. There's like three people, dude. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> <laughs> but they're a loyal three. <laughs> but those three comment a lot, and we appreciate that. So, uh, no, I, I want to go on Tony's uh, bandwagon again and. Uh, mention how awesome the weekend was it seemed like it seemed like everyone we came in contact with when we said we knew tony they were you know wow you guys are lucky to know tony like everyone that we knew that met him elsewhere seemed to absolutely adore tony i mean we said we knew bengal jim and they're like Ehh. you know so it it, it kind of worked out better the, tony was a good balancing act there for us but no, I mean, every person that we ran into this weekend was great. It was an awesome experience, and I was just happy to be a part of it. Ready for the preseason game on Friday. Glad to be moving the schedule to Tuesdays because that means it is football season. Ready to go. Tom? That it is. No, thank you for everybody for tuning in. I don't know, a reminder, like Caleb just said, that we'll be going to Tuesdays, August 16th, which is also uh, a big day for Ken Riley and Ken Anderson, two Bengals that should have been in the Hall of Fame long ago. 
We'll find out if the senior committee is smart enough this year to do the right thing. They have three nominees. Uh, they have 12 to pick from. Uh, both Ken Anderson and Ken Riley are there. So everybody, if you're on social media, please keep the buzz going for these two guys. Work for them. They, they more than deserve it. And, you know, and they need us. So um, we've had several different uh, voters say it means nothing. And we've had others say, you know, the buzz does mean something. So please keep it going for the two of them. Uh, we'll monitor the team this week. Joe Burrow's getting healthier by the day. And uh, we'll get to see some guys Friday night. And remember, no matter what the score is Friday night, the definition of a successful preseason game is nobody got hurt. So let's hope for that. And One go first. from there. And uh, I'm guessing August 16th we'll be back to full strength with uh, our fearless leader who is somewhere in Tennessee. You know, hopefully he's all right. But, James, you want to take us out? Thank you, Tom. And, again, thank you again for arranging our guest tonight. We appreciate that lineup. And, again, from uh, Austin, again, if you haven't uh, tuned in to ESPN 1530, tune in. I see uh, Matt Hardy from Louisiana joined in. So if you're like Matt and you live out of state, uh, go to the iHeartRadio app, type in uh, ESPN 1530, noon to 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, full of Bengals coverage. So congrats um, to uh, ESPN 1530 and doing that um, a live show. As uh, Austin said, they pipe in from training camp a couple times a day with Tony Pike down there. So that's uh, pretty cool. We do now have a graphic of our shirt, the untamed shirt that our friends from the <coughs> jungle unleashed. And uh, it's pretty cool. So if you're out of town, you can go to our bengalgym.com and uh, order that shirt. We didn't have a picture of it last week for the show. We also have our traditional shirt here, the big burrow. Thank you to our Craig, our friend, um, Craig Johnson our football show, and, of course, the uh, koozies are on there. And if I'm not mistaken, there is a special right now. If you buy a T-shirt, you get a complimentary koozie. So, uh, again, go to bengalgym.com. It'll take you to the Cincy Shirts website, and you can order them. Or if you're in town, maybe you're in town Friday night for the preseason game, walking around, need something to do, stop on down to um, Cincy Shirts and pick up one James, of those. Uh, James, I apologize. I'm getting a, a text from someone, so I'm, I'm asking for a friend. How much extra is it if you get one of our T-shirts with the sleeves already cut off? <laughs> Do they fall off when you flex, or are they cut off? Because I've heard both things could happen. He He's asking cut off. He's too shy to ask himself. Uh, You're so full of it. You're so full of it. Listen. What I'm looking forward to doing when I come down is I'm going to walk in the Cincy shirts with Tom, and we're going to go and buy our T-shirt together with our faces on it. And I can't wait for that person to go, oh, my God, who Tom, is that you on this shirt? You know, I had somebody actually walk up and ask if I would sign it, and they wanted me to sign you. They oh, wanted you. So. You're so full of it. We are going to have that autograph table, you know, we've had for guests in the past when they've come down. We're going to have that set up this year, Jamie. Just, I mean, nobody's going to want anybody else's autographs. So we'll have that there for you. You can autograph those shirts, and we will have um, those shirts available to you. Say, I've, I've never bought a shirt with my own face on it before. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> 
Uh, we've got Lake Norris chiming in as a reminder, 100% of proceeds go to the Ken Anderson Alliance Foundation, not a portion, 100%. We make $0.00 and 0 cents on anything sold. It is despite the despite the name, image, and likeness of the bottom two stars on this uh, on this show, they get zero from it. Unlike the aspiring yeah, college, I can I can attest. I'm receiving absolutely nothing. <laughs> They've both offered to pay extra to get their picture uh, altered. So they're actually losing. Tom actually offered money to have his redone. I think, but yeah, uh, I, I did. I did. <laughs> Princess Lee, Princess Lee, I got. Princess Leah and Mr. Peanut on that shirt. <laughs> yes. You know what? It's for charity. That's the beauty I, that's of it. That's what I that. said. It is for that's charity. That's the beauty of it all. It's 100% uh, uh, happy to do it. Happy. All right. We're, we're, we're eight minutes over our uh, our hard stop time for tonight, but uh, well worth it. Thank you for, um, for Michael from Suicide Prevention, another great charity that we had the privilege of helping out tonight. Thank you for Tony for. Um, facilitating that uh, one last thing i think we have a spot or two left in our uh, fantasy football uh, draft for this year if you want to get in send a direct message on the facebook page um i monitor that one first person or two I, let me check how many spots we have left um a portion of that excuse me not a portion 100 percent of the proceeds um of that go to charity last year um aj from rochester won that Got a customized Icky Woods uh, autographed jersey, so we'll do another charity. We haven't announced that yet this year, uh, which charity it's going to be, but 100% of the proceeds from that will go to charity. And as always, thank you, gentlemen, um, for a great show. Again, next Tuesday, or not not next Tuesday, Tuesday the 16th, we'll be back live 8 p.m. as we uh, kick off uh, our Tuesday nights on Season 3. So thank you, um, everyone. Stay safe out there. We hope to, um, despite being a preseason game, if you're in Cincy, come on down. Congratulations to um, Lisa for winning the uh, the duck race, and a happy birthday to her. And uh, we'll see you down at the tailgate in Lottie on Friday night. Good day, everybody. Good day. Good day. Good day.